Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Roundtable Friday show. This is episode 264 got another really tight but very knowledgeable panel of WordPress expert gurus joining me for my little chat on Fridays and we've got some interesting news stories to discuss. Well, I think we have. I'm going to let the panel introduce themselves quickly and then we're going to delve straight into it. Um, Sally, would you like to introduce yourself? Certainly. My name is Sally Getch. My business is WP Fangirl. I do... Uh, a custom Genesis websites for growing businesses and nonprofits, and I'm organizer of the East Bay WordPress Meetup in Oakland, California. All right, and Chris, would you like to introduce yourself? My name is Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of Lifter LMS, which is a WordPress system for creating and selling engaging online courses. Yeah, and you've been busy with some uh, updates, haven't you? Do you want to quickly say what you've been up to with um, Lifter LMS? Was he frozen? I think he's frozen, isn't he? On to, I'll let him do that later on in the show. John, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure thing. Just release an advanced quiz. <laughs> Oops, we've got some sound problems. Uh, you're going to have to speak a bit later, Chris. Go on, John. Sorry. Um, yeah, so I'm John Locke. My business is Lockdown Design, and I provide SEO for manufacturers and other blue-collar companies. I think Chris has uh, got his uh, what he's got his internet back. Would you quickly like to say something about Lifter then, Chris? Yeah, we uh, we just released an advanced add-on for advanced quizzes, uh, so it's it's a pretty cool update to our our software for selling courses. Yeah, it looks really cool. All right, and I'm the host of this. I'm the founder of WP Tonic. We're a support maintenance development company with a speciality in learning management systems and membership websites. Um, before we go into our news stories, um, I want to talk uh, quickly about uh, our sponsor for this particular show, and that's Intelligence WP. And what is Intelligence WP? It puts your Google Analytics account on steroids, basically. Um, it really puts your data, um, it provides a lot more information, um, and it provides enormous graphs. You just have to go and have a look at it. You're going to be kind of blown away by it, really. It's an amazing plugin. Um, and it's free. They have some support packages um, to get you started and give you some training. But the actual plugin is totally free and it's quite amazing. So go and have a look at that, folks. So we're going to go straight into the stories. Um, it's been a busy week news with the news in WordPress. And. Um, iThemes is joining the Liquid Web family. Um, and also there's a secondary um, story um, about um, Updraft Plus buying another plugin that I regularly use uh, on almost all our client websites, which is Easy Update Manager plugin. Um, anybody want to start off about commenting about that news story? I think we need to hear why John wasn't surprised. 
Yeah, go on, John. Why okay. was he, why was well, he Yeah, sure. And and I think the reaction and and quite a few people. Um, I don't think that they, it's shocking. Um, I, I think the timing is is the only thing that that was really shocking. I don't think that that um, anybody who pays attention is is like completely blown away by this. And the reason I say that is, iThemes has been uh, working hand in hand with Liquid Web for a while now. Uh, iThemes Sync is part of the managed WordPress portal there, so they have a working relationship. Uh, and Corey Miller, his wife has been working for Liquid Web for a little while. Um, Chris Lemma, who is the head of product innovation uh, for the uh, WordPress, um, the managed WordPress part of Liquid Web, and, and Corey are really good friends. Uh, so I, I don't think it's really like a big surprise. Um, I'm very happy for Corey and Lindsay and their team, and I'm glad that the they have a uh, place to continue to develop uh, iThemes. And, uh, you know, I'm happy for their team as well, you know, because they're not losing any, no employees are being laid off in this uh, acquisition. So I think that's good. Yeah, sounds great to me. Um, what do you think, Sally? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a logical move. I didn't, you know, I didn't specifically see it coming, but uh, this is not the first time that a hosting company has acquired a, a company that offers, you know, tools for uh, website maintenance. That is is logical. And of course, the next question is: so, who is going to acquire WP Tonic? Oh, someday, hopefully, someday. <laughs> you never know. That that that's uh, um, maybe one day. Um, yeah, I was a little bit, you know, obviously a little bit concerned, you know, um, but. I, I bought some of their, I bought some additional licenses um, just before the announcement come out um, because I used two of their products on all my client sites. So we had to buy, we've had some more clients, so we had to buy some more licenses of packaging. Um, the Security Pro plugin goes on almost all all our client sites, and this. Um, and um, they've got some really good products. So I was a little bit concerned about what the future is, but I, I think I got in at the right moment because I think it's basically it's going to be a very similar setup to what GoDaddy has done with some WordPress um, plugin products, which they've bought. What do you think, Chris? Chris, can you? I think if we take a step back and look at the, uh, the big picture, hosting problem and, and is my audio coming through okay it's breaking up a little bit maybe you should bail out and sign back in and see if that improves it yes you can right um so um sally because the what about updraft buying you know they're doing the same thing aren't they they, they seem to be buying a well yes it's uh, well updraft has been buying a variety of things lately they they bought um, metaslider uh, which is not necessarily a logic but you know they bought optimize wp uh, which yeah. made you know made sense to go along with you know they have this 
backup plugin in well, well you know, maintenance type thing, so a, an update related thing. I mean, you know, one of the reasons that as, as much as I, I love things about Backup Buddy, the iThemes backup plugin, which is, you know, great for migration and stuff, um, I've started using Updraft Plus Pro on a, a lot of sites because it automatically backs up your site before updates. And uh, so, you know, them buying a, a plugin that uh, controls when stuff gets updated is very logical. No, it is. Um, and them buying this this other plugin is quite logical as well, isn't it? Um, which it everybody all the pla- all the things that are are used regularly on my client sites that you know people buy and. Um, I just take it as a confirmation that yes. Well, it's you know, given the the rash of of cases that we had uh, a few months ago, where you know malicious parties were buying up uh, plugins and and using them for nefarious purposes, uh, you know, having a legitimate company uh, buy something and and put it to good use is really a relief. Oh, that's great! Chris is back. So, w- would you like to comment on the um, purchase of uh, iThemes, Chris? Sure. Just to take a step back and look at the hosting problem in general, as I call it, um, people have trouble with hosting and getting set up with their website, getting support. So what's happening is these niche hosting companies are providing solutions. I think WP Engine has done a great job building the web hosting company for agencies and really pro-level end users. Um, And Liquid Web recently announced their WooCommerce hosting, which is a real interesting category to open up into and specialize in and some of the areas the problems they're solving in there for store owners is very specific and niche which I really like and uh, it's really it's a hosting issue but it's also a WordPress issue that uh, if if WordPress with this whole Gutenberg thing and everything else is going to compete with the website in a box services like Squarespace and Wix and all these other things um, it needs to make the process of getting going and being supported a lot easier. And I think this is a step in that direction. Liquid Web, uh, specifically focusing on WooCommerce managed hosting, I think is really interesting. The security and the backup intelligence coming out of iThemes into that, which is important to the professional website owner. So it just makes sense to me that this is a good play in the service of you know that that web backend that customers actually want and need. Yeah, uh, I think it's a scramble. Also, you know, they can see where W, they can see where WordPress.com is going. Um, they, it's pretty clear how things might be going. So they they've got to find. Um, something that makes them different, you know, in some ways from a lot of hosting. Um, But that's no different, you know, that's no different to a lot of um, different kind of businesses, isn't it? You know, um, it will be interesting to see how all this plays out, you know, um, and it really depends on how they handle the purchase of iThemes. You know, do they close down, you know, I would imagine it hasn't happened so far, has it? But at some stage, you close it down unless you won't have access 
to some of iThemes products unless you actually host your website with Liquid Web. But that hasn't happened with the products that GoDaddy have bought. They're still open. No, it doesn't. It it works pretty much exactly the same, except that there are a few of their um, pro services that GoDaddy customers get free. Yeah. And, and, you know, that may well be the direction that Liquid Web goes with iThemes is that if you host at Liquid Web, you get some of these, um, you know, pro iThemes uh, tools for free. I mean, they, they were already doing that with the Sync product. And so that becomes an, an added, uh, you know, incentive or, or a, a differentiator in terms of, you know, this comes with our uh, hosting and it doesn't come with other people's hosting. Um, and you know, differentiation is increasingly important as any uh, marketplace matures. Um, yeah, that's true. Um, I think we go on to the next um, story then. Um, WordPress turns 15 years old. Um, another tavern story in a way. Um, Seems like I just got my 10-year T-shirt. <laughs> exactly. Um you know, it was an interesting article because there's been a you know, it's been a bit of discussion uh, in the Slack channels and on Twitter that we're facing um, the possibility of uh, another major fork in the event in the history of WordPress. That um, some people that I consider that I listen to, that I think. I won't name names, but there seems to be wording that some people think that it, that what's happened in this year and last year and what is proposed this year will mean um, that WordPress will have a major falcon event. What does the panel think? Do you think that might be a possibility? Or, or? I'm kind of skeptical on that notion myself. It's, I mean, I think a lot of people are very... Uh, concerned, but uh, forking WordPress at, at this point is a massive undertaking. And so who is going to do it and, you know, rewrite it and maintain it and produce it and, and, and all of that. Um, yeah. What, what, what do you think? Sorry, Chris, I, do you want to say? Yeah. I, th- I was just going to say, I think it's a, it's really a leadership question. The surest way to predict the future is to invent it. So if somebody sees a better way and, and you know, than going where it's going, um, that requires leadership. And I'm not, I'm personally, but I'm not as plugged in. I'm not hearing a clear voice or message around that. I, I do hear, you know, fear and concern and anxiety and, uh, you know, some in the ecosystem, but I haven't heard a clear voice about like, this new destination that's worthy of a, another a split in the path, if you will. So I'm, I'm open to the possibility. I don't think it's impossible at all, but um, I think it's more likely, I mean, let's see how Gutenberg plays out. But if there's a leader, like a visionary leader or group of people who see something proactively, it could happen sooner than later. I'm open to the possibility, but um, and I don't think it would necessarily be a bad thing, but like Sally said, it would be a major undertaking. What do you think, John? I think that, um, you know, there's people that talk about forking, but as Chris and Sally both mentioned, it's going to be a big undertaking. So I think you're going to need a group of people to decide that they want to fork it. 
I think what's more likely to happen is something uh, like a member of the community breaking off and making their own CMS, kind of similar to what John O'Nolan did a few years ago with Ghost. That's, mm -hmm. that's what I see as like more likely. I think for um, a WordPress fork to happen, I, I think once it, if it was to happen, um, I think if you had a group of people <clears throat> that were somewhat respected and broke off and made a fork, I, I think a lot of people might follow on to that. But um, until that happens, um, I don't think you're going to see a fork. So, Yeah, I think you've made all excellent points because I think it's easy the talk is easy, but it, like what Sally said, it's, and the other panel have uh, confirmed, it would be a, a very large undertaking, wouldn't it? And um, and, and you would really need a, a specific vision because I don't think like creating a fork of WordPress in order to keep it the same yeah. is a sufficient, you know, that that's not... Uh, that's not going to go anywhere. And I also keep seeing more encouraging news about, you know, oh, such and such is, you know, this is now working with Gutenberg and this is now working with Gutenberg and this is now. So I, I think, you know, uh, uh, by the time it's out, uh, there's going to be a lot less uh, stuff to worry about. Uh, and uh, sure, there will be some, you know, there will be some issues with a change because, it's a change, and yet we've seen that uh, you know consumers can handle you know when there's a big change in the uh, you know in the iPhone interface, and that you know pe people can actually survive these things even if they resist them initially. Yeah, I think that's spot on. I think we're going to go for our break, folks. We're coming back. We've got some other stories that come from the from the panel themselves and um, the latest. Some more additional stories. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com. Just like the podcast. We're coming back. We've got some more news stories. Um, I'd like to start with this WooCommerce 3.3 removed. Uh from the plugin directory to, to theme conflict. Anybody want to comment about that one? Oh, Chris does. Go I'll on. jump in. Um, we've released a version of Lifter LMS before and then brought it back before because, uh, you know, we made, we made a mistake or, or we, we didn't catch something in our testing that was affecting people. So I'm not even remembering exactly what it was, but we had to do that before and it was the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. um, and it becomes like a... Uh, it's a PR moment, but I'm always a big fan of like owning your mistakes and, you know, being clear about what happened and not keeping people in the dark, but it happens. That's all I have to say about that. I, I was going to ask you, John, cause you got a number, you know, you got a number of websites that you've developed and support through WooCommerce and we got a couple that we support. Um, basically is, was you surprised that this has happened? Now has the, 
recent updates been a le- little bit less painful or, or do you think this just goes with the territory, John? Um, this last update uh, on, on some of the sites that I updated, I did notice some stuff going on. So it's, it's a little surprising that they pulled it from the actual uh, you know, repository for the moment, but um, I guess that happens sometimes. It, it's, it, that's the hard thing about <clears throat> developing any sort of plugin or theme in this big of an ecosystem, I'm sure Chris feels this pain, is you're having to uh, play well with so many other moving parts. It's um, the, the testing, it, it, it becomes really critical. I'm a little surprised that they pulled it from the repo uh, until they get this uh, next fix in, but yeah. Yeah, I think I agree with Chris and I agree with you. Uh, I think it's probably the right thing to do. But on the other hand, it, it's quite surprising to some degree that it happened. What, what do you think, Sally? Uh, well, there's a certain irony to the fact that, you know, this was going to be the version of WooCommerce that worked with any theme, and, and they've, they've had to roll it back because of theme conflicts. Um, and, you know, I think some of that is, is because, well, it, you know, you had a lot of uh, themes where there was some kind of, you know, workaround or, or uh, extra plugin or something in order to, to make it compatible with WooCommerce. And then because of that, the new version had some issues. So for instance, I build on Genesis and a bunch of people were like, hey, have you noticed there's this weird thing happening where, um, you know, category pages where you suddenly see or, you know, and, uh, you know, the Genesis team pushed out a, a new version of Genesis Connect for WooCommerce. Uh, to help with that and there were you know there were a couple of other issues and I was you know intensely working on a site with WooCommerce on my local install uh, just at the time that 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 came out and I did notice some of these issues and they were not catastrophic Mm. Uh, and uh, you know but they were noticeable and I can see that that would have been somewhat upsetting on a live site and and if there were you know and if they had been more drastic which I gather they were in in some cases uh, you know you'd be pretty upset and you'd want to you'd want to roll it back and uh, so you know I I agree that you know although it's awkward for them uh, that this uh, happened, that, you know, taking it, uh, you know, pulling the update off and, until they've been able to fix the things they're aware of makes sense. And it's, you know, it, that's a, a sign that they care about their uh, customers and how they are affected uh, by the changes. And, you know, there are so many different themes and so many different other plugins that it's, you know, I don't think anybody could actually test something against every single possible uh, combination of, of things they would be they would be using. And so this is going to happen to people sometimes with updates. Um, I think that they're trying to move in the right direction in terms of being easier to integrate uh, with other themes and, and not doing those awkward like, why is my sidebar at the bottom of my WooCommerce page kinds of things that, that used to... Uh, that used to occur and I'm sure they'll get it fixed in a little while and everything will be fine well do you you know John do you think in general that you know since that you know it was bought by automatic and I think that's over over 18 months almost two years now time flies do you think it's been getting a lot better 
the and can you see a clear path you know the improvements they've done do you think it's becoming more com more competitive with things like shopify where do you think the landscape's going john um i mean honestly i i feel like for myself and and for like a lot of people that i talk to as well i i feel a lot more people are actually checking out shopify at this point because running a woocommerce um shop once you add in extensions uh and stuff like that sometimes shopify makes a little bit more sense and and if anything i see uh you know a more uh, people being open to to trying shopify at this point i think the whole goal of of automatic acquiring woocommerce was a long-term play and when it happened at the time, I think everybody expected it to be integrated into WordPress. Be Gutenberg uh, being rolled into core is part of that as well. Maybe the long-term play is to offer up something like Squarespace, where you have e-commerce in a self-hosted platform. You know, maybe that is the long-term play. That would seem logical to me. Um, I, I think that I still think that's the whole reason reason why it was acquired uh yeah. so that would be the most logical thing yes but so. can we just talk for a minute about how this acquisition made it really hard to buy anything from woocommerce.com yeah ridiculously hard you know this is for this site that i'm working on now you know that woocommerce was having a sale for you know black friday sunday cyber monday so i'm saying to my client you know we need to buy these plugins now because you're going to get 30 percent off of them and she tried you know, but you go there and you have to, you have to like sign in with your uh, <clears throat> WordPress.com account before you can purchase anything. Now, we have a WordPress.com account for the site because it, it uses some other things, but she didn't know what it was. So, you know, she had to like transfer money to me so that I could, you know, log in with the appropriate WordPress.com account in order to purchase these things for her. And that is just an incredibly stupid move in terms of you do not want ever want to make it hard for people to give you money. Yeah. So this was really annoying. I mean, I, I ended up getting a refund on one of those plugins because it turned out we didn't need it. And that was actually a whole lot easier than buying it in the first place. Yes. Yeah. That's a really extremely good point. What, what do you think, Chris? Um, uh, in terms of, in, in terms of improvement, uh, I've seen WooCommerce, for me, I would just say incremental improvement, the same as it's always been, just slowly getting better. I didn't see any kind of extreme growth in uh, you know, features. I use WooCommerce, I'm a power user. We sell our Lifter LMS software with it. We use Woo subscriptions, we built our own. We like it because it is open source, so we add features to it all the time to you know, increase conversions, optimize our license key, optimize our students, or our, our customers' account experience inside our website. Um, so we love it. But um, yeah, I, I think like we were talking about Liquid Web earlier, there is a place for like awesome WooCommerce. But in the, in the spirit of our other top conversation about leadership and vision, I think we need to hear a clear vision of like, what is the future of WooCommerce? I saw they just opened up their affiliate program recently again, which is interesting. Um, we have this whole WordPress.com login issue trying to buy things. Like, we need a map of where it's going. It's great for me as a power user, but I think the, um, you know, the end user setting up their first store 
um, you know, the competition like that improve on that with some vision. I think you're really spot on there, actually, um, because um, I don't see it. It could be very beneficial to have a hosted solution and then also um, for data transfer, for theme transfer, um, to have the option that you could at some stage have your fully your own fully hosted solution under your your own total control um, because I think with um, with a a fully hosted solution um, there there's you want to keep it simple that's the whole purpose so there will be a stage where you're uh, a substantial percentage of clientele will might outgrow um, what your fully hosted platform can offer so and to have uh, a you know a solution there that's in the same community is really quite beneficial isn't it um, you know there's only you know you can you can extensively to some extent modify Shopify with JavaScript and add-ons. But I found that there, there's a certain level where you really don't want to go down that road. You really want to look at a, your own hosted solution. And when you look at the competition um, and all the plug-in and the whole community, WooCommerce is the natural way to go, isn't there? Um but I think there is a problem because, the, like what you said, Chris, there isn't. There's a bit of a lack of vision, isn't there? What do you think, Sally? Am I waffling? Or do- no, I think I think you're. There may well be a vision for WooCommerce. It just hasn't been, you know, explained, especially clearly to the uh, to the community. And uh, you know, I worked on a Shopify site once. Once. Um, and, uh, you know, my impression of it was, yeah, it's, you know, to set up a certain kind of store, it's really easy. I just actually recommended it to, to somebody yesterday who was a, you know, not a technical person at all, but it's not easy to customize if you need something that they don't already provide. So there, you know, there is likely to come a point for people or, or some people may even be starting out there where they need the flexibility and the power. Uh, that WooCommerce offers, and WooCommerce does have a, a very large, uh, you know, market share for e-commerce. Um, but uh, there are clearly some things that need to be smoothed out, and that you know, the challenge of making something that has so much power simple to use is, you know, that may be something that it's th- that you can only, you know, you can only simplify the process so far, and still keep the flexibility. And it's it's an issue WordPress has. A, as a whole has at, at this point. Um, and so, you know, we, we may always be looking with WooCommerce at a solution that is more for uh, people who need the sophistication and the control uh, than for people who just want to sell like one or two products that are very simple to, to set up. And I don't know that that's bad necessarily, uh, but I do think that 
you know, there there does come a point where you have to make a statement about, you know, who is this for? Uh, yeah, and I think the same thing applies to um, WordPress.com. And I think the decision to open the, to allow third-party plugins to some, I don't actually know what the um, situation with that is at the present moment, but I, I really thought that that was really clowing, clowing, clown. Oh, I'm really getting jumbled here. But, you know, really, uh, it was a step a bit too far. I think there just needs to be clarification of where, what WordPress.com will do and when you should then move to a, a fully hosted, your own hosted solution in a way. It needs, like what Chris says, a little bit of leadership. And I think if that had been provided, um, that the situation about what you hear through Twitter and various other sources would would wouldn't have happened so much, maybe. But I'm probably might probably totally deluded myself. So that's let's get on to the next story, which was one that came from Sally, and it wasn't on my radar, but I think it's really interesting. Is that um, eBay's ditching PayPal? They've had enough of old PayPal. Would you would you like to give us some more info, Sally, about this story? Uh, right. So this this came through one of my uh, you know new subscriptions. So so you know somebody somebody I know not through WordPress. There are there are people I know who are not WordPress people. You sure? Had had uh, had had <clears throat> flagged this, and it particularly caught my eye because the um, payment processor that eBay is switching to is Dutch, and my husband is Dutch, so I you know forwarded that to him. But you know looked at this, and I'm like, oh really? I didn't know that that PayPal and eBay had had split off from each other as as companies. You know, three years ago, I I missed that news. Um, but you know, the headline says you know PayPal stock tumbles, and and I'm fairly sure that's going to be temporary. That you know that the thing about news headlines affecting stocks is that they are usually blips. And I don't know that, you know, not having eBay attached is necessarily going to be a, a bad thing for PayPal because, you know, part of the reason that PayPal decided to split off from eBay was that eBay's, you know, monstrous growth had really slowed down and PayPal had some some things they want to do. And I, I haven't noticed in terms of working with PayPal that things have changed uh, especially drastically. I mean, I do PayPal is something that I use myself and that I, you know, know a lot of, of people use it. A lot of clients use it for their sites. Although, you know, these days I always tell people to use something, you know, to use Stripe or something else because if PayPal is such a pain to work with in setting up your, your e-commerce site, it's like perfectly fine to use for I invoice clients through PayPal all the time. That's easy. Uh, but it, it's so much easier to, you know, set up your WooCommerce store to work with Stripe than with, than with PayPal. Um, uh, so, you know, I'm sure PayPal is going to need to to pay attention, but I'd actually be surprised if the change, you know, means that much to uh, to eBay in terms of, you know, making things better for, uh, for them and their customers. But it is a, you know, this is kind of a reminder that, yeah, there are things outside of WordPress that affect WordPress users and uh, things like, you know, your merchant services and, and payment processors are, are definitely uh, one of them. Yeah, I, I, I briefly look at, looked at it. Are they, I don't think they're saying, are, are you not going to be able to pay at all 
if you purchase something from eBay with PayPal or is it just another option? I think what they're doing is switching to, you know, you'll be paying by card through these uh, Aiden or whatever they're <coughs> called people um, instead of using uh, PayPal ad gun. Uh, uh, <coughs> and, uh, you know, I do know a lot of people who don't like to use uh, PayPal. They, it makes them nervous uh, and, you know, I think a lot of those are less technical people, but then a lot of folks are selling to less technical people. Uh, and they who maybe don't, you know, weren't using PayPal before and find having to create a, a PayPal account in order to buy something, uh, you know, a, a step of, uh, you know, something that's going to slow them down and make them less likely to buy. So. I'll tell you the opposite. I prefer, when I'm dealing with a, um, actually, I, I haven't used eBay for quite a while, but funny enough, last week um, I did use them because I wanted to purchase something that was available for eBay and it was a good offer and I got it delivered and it is what it looks like it should be, um, which is not always the case. Uh, um, uh, um, but uh, I, when I'm dealing with a new merchant online, I prefer not to give them my credit card details. I prefer to try them out and pay free paypal so i don't know if it's, well yeah i mean it's you know i just renewed a domain name using paypal and and do you know i i use i use it a lot and so i think there are going to be some people for whom that you know the, the switch and ebay will be inconvenient but i i have a feeling that the you know there's kind of a divide between the uh, people like us who started using PayPal like practically when it came into existence, uh, who are early adopters of, of technology and who find PayPal convenient. And I use my PayPal debit card for most stuff because they give me, you know, cash back and they also send me email receipts. So, you know, I'm always going to have a receipt, uh, which I, you know, might not get from certain places if I use my card from my bank. Uh, you know, I, I think there are people who are sort of, you know, devotees of, of PayPal and other people who are suspicious of PayPal because it seems like like one of these weird technology things and who are they and how is this working and and all of that. And, and that's probably just going to, you know, stay the same. And if, if you are uh, aiming at the general public, then that's still going to be more common for them to use a, to use a card, I think. Yeah, what what do you think, John? Was you um, did you think this story's got any interest at all? I think it has. Um, it might be just driven by internal. Um, probably eBay had a contract when they broke up and they had to use them, and it ended, and uh, they got a better deal from these people. Right, that's what it says. Is they were required to continue with PayPal for two years or something after Forever. that, <laughs> and and you know that after that they had an option to change and they've exercised that option yeah what do you think what do you think exactly with ebay john do you think it it's dying a bit or it's just stable or what do you reckon there i think they just got a better deal um on you know because to, to process payments uh you know there's usually like a small fee um and i think they just got a better deal so that would be taking effect, uh, you know, start be taking effect like sometime in mid 2020. 
by 2021, it will be fully integrated. I don't think that it will, you know, affect anybody, you know, shopping on eBay. I, I think it was just uh, a way to save costs uh, unseen to the consumer. So, But do you, because um, obviously they've got their third party, you know, um, I, I know they're still pretty big in the UK, um, but against the mammoth of Amazon, um, but they're still a really major force on online retailing. Do you, and I know there are some businesses that, you know, set up, just through eBay and they do okay, don't they, John? Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of there's a lot of places that set up just through eBay and for certain types of things that works. Uh, and definitely there's people that set up um, they set up shop like on Amazon and eBay and their main website and you know other places. It's just one more place that you want to be seen. So and, and it's one more place that you can sell products. I, I think for some uh, types of shops, though, I mean, you can survive just on eBay. But I, but I think a lot of the bigger shops, they just have a presence there because it's, it's one more place to sell their goods. So, uh, What did you think of this, Chris? Got any comments? Um, just that PayPal has been around a long time. So I'm a believer in the diffusion of life cycle of innovation where you start that, with... That's a very large phrase <laughs> there, Chris. Could you, you, you lost me yeah. there. Can you explain what you just said? It just means that all businesses live and die. And uh, in the early days, you have the innovators like Elon Musk who helped start PayPal. He's, he's doing rockets now. He's doing something. He's going into space. Um, <laughs> He's been in space quite a long time, actually, Chris. <laughs> yeah. So then after that, you have the early adopters, the innovators, the early majority, the late majority, and then the laggards. I can't quite tell where PayPal is at on its business journey. But, uh, you know, I use it as an option to sell my product. I have an add-on for PayPal. And, but I also regularly actually get pitched by payment processing startups with fresh ideas. They're light. They're agile. They're trying to innovate in the payment space. And uh, I don't see PayPal doing a lot of innovation. So that, you know, it's just interesting. I just see it as part of that bigger picture story of the life cycle of a business. Well, actually, I think they did innovate a little bit. Um, mostly down to Stripe was eating their lunch. So um, so they innovate. I, I think they, they have improved a bit over the past year. But I, I also totally agree with you, Chris. Um, they really have to be driven before, you know, their API um, system was notorious, wasn't it? You know, I've, I've seen developers actually cry in their coffee <laughs> yeah. trying to deal with that load of crap. Oh, sorry, Popo. Um, don't spend my... Please, please don't suspend my account. I love you, PayPal. Uh, Rob, there we go. Um so I think we're going to wrap it up. I think we've had a broad, um, we've, we've knocked out about five or six stories here. We've got through here, we folks. So I'm going to let the panel, um, how can people learn more about you, Sally? You can find me at wpfangirl.com. Uh, the meetup is at eastbaywp.com. And I am at Sally Getch on Twitter. And if you can spell my name, you will find me. I am unique in Google. That's great. And John, how can people find out about what you do for them and the great services that you offer, John? 
Yeah, sure thing. So you can go to lockdowndesign.com. You can uh, see uh, what types of SEO services we're uh, featuring there, aimed mostly toward manufacturing companies and uh, other blue-collar industries. And they desperately need it, don't they, John? Yeah, and, uh, you know, it makes a difference. So. Make America first. That's what I say. There we go. Sorry, John. I just couldn't resist it. <laughs> uh, um, um, Chris, how can people find out about what you're doing and what Lifter LMS is doing? Uh, you can find out more about me and Lifter LMS at for a membership site builders uh, called LMS Cast. So you can find us on iTunes there. Yeah, I listened to it. It's a great podcast. Um, you had a recent interview with Syaf. Would you like to quickly say what, about that? Sure. I had an interview with Syed Balki from Optin Monster. Is his one of his companies. He's got about five others. Um, but yeah, it was a great interview. Syed, I really kind of dug in and just picked his brain for tips and tricks on opt-in optimization, conversion, sales funnels. If you're in the business of selling and marketing, Syed is definitely somebody to follow. So I'd encourage you to check out that interview with Syed Balki. If you're in business, you're in the business of selling and marketing. Yeah. I mean, you really covered some great topics about affiliate marketing. You brought up some advice, which I'm going to act on myself, actually. Um, I've listened to it twice and I'm going to have to listen to it a third time because you really did cover a lot of stuff in that interview didn't you chris yeah yeah when syed talks i take notes if i go to a conference i ha always have a notebook and when syed's on stage i'm ready i got a cup of coffee in my notebook and and then a lot of the stuff he recommends is quick to implement it um, it's not always just big strategy and stuff it's tactics that are very useful so i would suggest to the audience after you you binged on WP Tonic, obviously. You should go over to Chris's and, and listen to some of his, um, especially that interview. It was fantastic. We're going to wrap it up now. Um, I just want to say, you know, if you want to join join us on the Friday, if you're, um, you know, I haven't had anybody fill in the forms yet, um, which surprised me, but if you've got a plug-in, you're doing a WordCamp presentation, you're doing a WordCamp, you're doing something in the WordPress community that you think is interesting, fill in the form, which you can find in the footer um, on the page, which you find on the footer, Friday show, called Friday Shows. And there's a form on there, fill it in, and then if I think it's interesting, we can have a chat, and you can join us on the Friday show, and we have a discussion about whatever you want to discuss. I think that's a fantastic offer myself. Um, so, moves you over to that page, fill in the form, and you can join us uh, on the upcoming Friday show. If you want to support the show, go to iTunes. I know it's a little bit of pain, especially on a PC, but um, give us a review. It does really help the show. And we and come and join us next Friday where we'll be discussing WordPress and a load of other stuff. See you soon, folks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.